Good morning. We welcome you to our online version of worship from First Presbyterian Church of St. Albans, West Virginia. I am Mel Birch, and I'll be your worship leader this morning. This worship is streamed live on May the 17th, 2020, the sixth Sunday after Easter. We invite you to comment during our service with other worshipers with prayer needs and hallelujahs. There are other ways to contribute to our ministry, and you will find those invitations on the Facebook page and the website listed at the end of the service. Sunday evening, adult Sunday school Zoom class meets at 6 p.m. Check your email for links to the Zoom class in the Wardword article for preparation. Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m., join in the adult Zoom Bible study for our One Hit Wonders, the shortest books of the Bible. Check your email for links and lessons. This coming Wednesday, we will haggle over Haggai. I wonder what we can learn. Haggai is concerned with starting over, starting new. Our session continues to watch the news and meet twice a month to make decisions about our work here at First Presbyterian Church, St. Albans. Their concern is for your safety and continued health, yet offering lessons in worship. Please follow the governor's guidelines for distancing and wearing masks in public. We will make an announcement soon about the future in-person worship. You can continue to mail in your offerings and tithes uh, to the church. Leave prayer concerns on our webpage uh, or Facebook page by Thursday at 7 p.m. to be included in next Sunday's prayers. Let us worship God.
Let us continue in this call to worship. Bless the Lord, O people sing. Let the sound of praise ring out. Come and hear what the Lord has done, the Lord who has made everything. Join us in our gathering song, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. and sisters, God not only asks us to repent, but also assures us of forgiveness. Therefore, let us confess our sins to the one who is steadfast love. As a connected people of God, let us confess together in our prayer of confession. Loving God, we do not always keep your commandments. We fail to love you. Our conscience is not clear. Wash us in the water of life that we may live again through the grace and mercy of Jesus, our resurrected Savior. Amen. Hear this declaration of forgiveness. Sisters and brothers, God forgives, restores, and strengthens us through the risen Christ. Know that we are forgiven and should be at peace. Our first scripture lesson is from Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 31. 
Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and I looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found amongst them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he, since he gives to all mortals life and breath in all things, from one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth and allotted the times of their existence in the boundaries of the places where they would live so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While well, God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, he now commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And he 
Good morning, children. Come on down. Let me show you something here today. And in, in my home office is this clock. This was sat on my Mamaw and Papaw Jenkins's mantle for years and years and years. And growing up, I had one job every Sunday afternoon. When we came over after church, my job was to take the key and open the clock and very carefully insert it in the holes and wind both, you can hear the ticking, and wind the other side, which made the chimes ring. This clock would then run for a whole week. And next, the next Sunday afternoon, guess what my job was? Take the key and to wind up the clock again. That was my whole job. It's probably why when my mama and papa died that I was given the opportunity to have the clock because re everyone remembered that that was my job and that's this is something I really treasured. It's important to treasure that, things like that in our lives. You see, the scripture we, we heard read by Mr. Birch told us of a time when Paul went to visit another city. And in the city, there, there was a, an important structure it was a structure to the worship of a God, but it was to a God that no one knew. They said, we don't know the God there, but we want to make sure we get, we, we have this place just in case we've forgotten a God to worship. And Paul said, you know, I've been given a job to honor a God that I know the name of. The God who created me and created you and created the whole world. He gave me the key to tell others all about it. The key was his word of love and hope and joy. Let me tell you all about him. And so Paul told the story. And the people there in Athens were very intrigued. And many asked him to come back and tell them more. See, it's important sometimes to know what is important in our lives, and that something has a place 
and a point and a purpose. I hope you have a key to God's love in your heart too, and that you wind it up every day and seek to show his love to others. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for your promises, for your timely intervention in our lives, the way you bring us your hope and love. Now, help us to seek and to show your peace, your joy, your love this day and always. Amen and amen. Thank you. God bless. Please sing with me our next hymn, God the Sculpture of the Mountains.
scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. We'll be reading through the New Revised Standard Version. John 14, verses 15 through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will see me no longer, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This account from John's Gospel gives us the expression of the promised culmination of Jesus's ministry. I will leave, but I will still be around. Not as you see me, but in my doppelganger, the spirit of truth. The spirit comes to you as you continue to follow and love and seek me. And I will continue to be with you, and you will love God and the people of God, and you will never be left empty. Here is how Jesus equates love with action. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If we love Jesus, we will do what he tells us to do. We should obey the new commandment he gives the, the chapter before this in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And Jesus repeats this in the chapter after this one, in John chapter 15. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, I will abide, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. See, we're told that we will love no one and we will love one another no less than Jesus has loved us. It's like concrete. It's 
solid and plain, it's complex and strong, it becomes the foundation for everything that will follow. In other words, if we keep, if we love Jesus, we will keep his commandments. If we love Jesus, we will love one another just as Jesus loves us. If we love one another, we love as God loves. You see, the cycle of love from above and extended upon earth grows as it is put into practice. It becomes a force aided and advocated by the Holy Spirit. This loving obedience to the love of God invites the presence and power of the triune God within us, through us, and around us. You see, Paul's unknown God of the Athenians gets upended through the experience of the embodied love of Jesus Christ. God is not far from each of us. God abides not only with us, but in us. Could there be a, a greater, more awesome reality than this? Lately, though, I confess that I've felt a little sad uh, and sometimes refuse to accept the complete joy that Christ came to give. I survey the state of the current situation and feel defensive for the onset of the lack of hope that is within me. It is challenging because Jesus' hope is meant to defeat anything the devil can dream up. But still the pandemic's toll grows. The, the virus's destruction leaves tentacles spreading throughout our world, and no part of it is free from the impact. Somehow divisiveness has reached the point that the use or not of face masks is a dividing point instead of a rallying place. Is wearing a mask showing weakness, a lack of faith, or maybe buying too much into the overhyped fear? Shouldn't you show your love of God by your willingness to go barefaced? However, isn't wearing a mask showing both a wish to keep your droplets to yourself and so protect others, showing your love for others and yourself? Which is correct? Is fear a defeat of faith? Or is faith, by in the wearing of masks, show the greatest love? Our expressions of unity and holding the high value of each human being, seemingly indisputably good values head by all, are met by derision and personal attacks. In short, sometimes I do not feel the love of God swirling and growing, transforming and reconciling in the ways I wish I did. Sometimes love is met with violence and not reciprocal care. Jesus knows this. His cross he bore for us exposed that painful truth. God knows that loving another does not always get love returned. 
And yet we who love Jesus are called to persist in loving even our enemies. But there is also a danger in this. When is love a feeling or an obligation? Can acting in loving ways impact our feelings and attitudes? Do we sometimes take our loving others only as that duty? Can we be changed ourselves just by showing concern for someone else? How many times has Donna's care committee with Linda and Connie and Jennifer and Abby and Andy and Chris reported how a, a short phone conversation to someone they called gets reflect, reflected back to them in an absolute joy from that person. They are thanked and thanked and thanked. Oh, they've reported, this is good for both of us. You see, keeping Jesus's commandments to love one another takes this kind of discipline and order. After all, we are to obey God's commandments and obedience entails a commitment to act in certain ways, regardless of how we feel. What cannot be overlooked, however, is that we do not attempt to keep Jesus's commandments unaided or alone. God has promised to send us the Advocate, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. We are in no way abandoned or orphaned. You see, the Advocate is from the Greek word paraclete, paraclete. Properly, it means a legal advocate. It means someone who is, has the advice or the evidence that will stand up in court. This account from John's Gospel gives us the expression of the promised culmination of Jesus's ministry. I will leave, Jesus says, but I will still be around. Not as you see me, but in my doppelganger, the spirit of truth. This spirit comes to you as you continue to love God, the people of God, and you will never be left empty. Here Jesus equates love with action. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If, you, if we would love Jesus, we will do what he tells us to do. We should obey the new commandment he gives. Perhaps then, in our attempt to love the people entangled in our lives, we need to trust that we do not go without the Holy Spirit, that God abides in me and in them, and that those places are the very spaces where resurrection and love happens. Jesus says if we love him, we will keep his commandments. If we love Jesus, we will love one another. When we love one another, God abides in us, and it is undeniably evident that we are not alone. We are God's beloved children in whom God delights. This week, I would offer you a challenge. 
Examine what difference does it make to consider that God abides with us and is in us. How do we remember that God is not far from each of us? So love someone this week for God's sake. Amen? Amen. Let us affirm our faith using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let us come together in prayer. Lord, hear the prayers of your people. We pray for all who search for you and your love. May they find their way in you. Bless us with lips that sing your praise and with lives that tell the stories of all that you have done for us. Open our eyes to find you among us as we share our love with others. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayers. We pray for many people today, those in our congregation and those outside of it, those in St. Albans and those in the whole world. We, we pray for the, all the families of the 86,000 deaths due to COVID in the U.S., Comfort them, dear Lord, with your closeness, since we must remain separate right now. We 
pray for all those who continue to heal from previous accidents and dealing with other health issues. We pray for Peggy and Pebble, for Carol, for Muriel, for the so many others at home waiting. We, we pray for those who are preparing for the procedures coming and for their medical teams. And so we lift up to you Mel and his shoulder surgery this coming Friday and for Elliot and her tonsil removal on May 29th. We pray for those in care centers and nursing homes like Muriel and Anne, for Karen and Georgiana, and so many others of our other relatives. We pray for their caregivers and their safe protection as well. We implore you, dear Lord, to hear our requests for speedy answers, for, for tests, for vaccines, for relief, to give your people a way to show that you are seeking our health and help. We pray for our Kenyan brothers and sisters in their congregations and communities also, seeking your health and healing. We are thankful for our leaders, those like Governor Justice, who are doing their best for, for us and keeping us safe. Help us with their decisions that also are mindful that those who need financial help and to be employed again. Give them your humble wisdom, Lord. We are appreciative of the nurses and doctors and technicians and those who are doing the essentials in keeping us alive during this pandemic. Please continue to watch over Connie's sister, Debbie, who has been asked to care for COVID patients in her nursing duties. We are grateful for others who clean the hospital rooms, those who are seeking the remedies. We are thankful for those who are delivering our packages, those who bring our mail, those who s deliver our food. Bring to them all your protection and peace, Lord. We remember before you all who have died and pray for all who will die today, that they may know your peace. We ask your peace also on the Melton family after the hit-and-run accident of their granddaughter, and we ask that she continues to recover. We pray for Mary Ellen's sister-in-law's family on the death of, of, Mary, of their cousin, Robbie Lane. Give them your peace and comfort, Lord. Bless us with the gift of faith, that we may know you and love you and enjoy life eternal shared with you. We pray for the continued presence in our lives, that you will continue to be in our hearts and our minds, and you will continue to be our Savior and guide. Bless us with the gift of faith, that we may know you and love you and enjoy life eternal shared with you. It is in the strong name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. And now let us continue in our prayers as we say that prayer that Jesus taught us, praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our final hymn this morning is God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. Holding counsels guide of And now receive this benediction. May God, who creates, redeems, and sustains, keep you in steadfast faith, buoyant in hope, and abounding in love. And may the blessing of God, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen and amen.